Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. And welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Justin Robertson. Tonight we have Judy up here to discuss the Spencer Regional Interpride Conference this weekend. She also brought uh, Cameron from Owen uh, Valley High School with her to talk about the school's newly established GSA, but that's later on. Uh, so what's new with everyone? Uh-huh. Well, uh, I talked about this last week on the show, <laughs> but I <laughs> did stand up for the first time this last weekend. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, just fun. Uh, just I'm a part of a comedy group. That's right. You weren't here last week, yeah. were you? No, no, no. Okay, right. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, part of Boy in the Bubble uh, sketch comedy. We have a rising star in our midst. <laughs> yeah, of course we knew that, right? But right, stop it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I opened their show for them uh, and did some stand-up comedy. It was really fun. So congratulations. Thank you. Yay. That sounds What's like a lot you? of fun. Justin? I, well, I wanted to make your show, but it was so late. Mm-hmm. Being it's, at 9.30, it's late, so yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> so late. That's, you know. You missed a lot. Basically three in the I morning. <laughs> <laughs> Things are good with me. You know, I kind of have a, the February marches. February March. February marches. Yeah, it's just, okay, snow needs to be over. It's time for spring. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Me, I don't even remember. I do that a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, it's busy, 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 busy. I've been running around. Um, and uh, I'm ready for good weather. This in-between stuff and coming back and forth is about it for me. So, yeah, yay. <laughs> well, uh, let's get to the news. I will take the first story. House Democrats held their first ever hearing on transgender people in the military, and they had to argue with a Trump representative who said that the transgender military ban isn't a ban at all. Five transgender people in the military testified at a hearing yesterday about their experiences in the military and their trans identities, and a doctor explained that there is no medical reason to ban transgender people from the military. Retired Air Force General James Stewart appeared at the hearing on behalf of the Trump administration. He argued that Trump's transgender military ban isn't really a ban on transgender people. Trump only wants to ban people who have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is the medical diagnosis for the stress associated when a person's gender identity doesn't match their uh, sex they were assigned at birth, and many consider it to be a defining characteristic of being transgender. Without a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, accessing transgender medical care like hormones and therapy is difficult. Representative Jackie Speer, a Democrat of California, chair of the Military Personnel Subcommittee of the House Armed Services Committee, called the hearing to hear evidence about transgender people serving in the military. 
Speer, along with several other representatives and senators, has introduced legislation that would explicitly allow transgender people to serve. Trump's military ban is uh, has not been implemented because a court-issued injunction is still in place, and the House and Senate bills have not yet come up for votes. The five transgender service members explains why transitioning helped them to do their jobs and made the military more effective. Vanderbilt University School of Medicine professor and veteran Jesse Ehrenfeld testified that there is no medically valid reason, including a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, to exclude transgender individuals from military service. Toward the end of the hearing, Speer asked Stewart to submit the transcripts of the Trump administration's discussions that led to the transgender military ban. Citing the lawsuits against the cases, Stewart said that they couldn't be made public. Speer's question is key because despite the Trump administration's insistence that the trans-military ban was a well-researched policy with the sole goal of making the military more effective, unnamed sources have been telling journalists for years that it was a spur-of-the-moment decision by Trump that was later justified by a report written by Mike Pence working with hate group lobbyists. After the hearing, Speer said that her legislation will likely be proposed as an amendment to the 2020 Defense Authorization Bill. Yay. <laughs> but yeah. it's good news. At least we're getting mm-hmm. hearing. And, right. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and there we have representation, which is mm-hmm. uh, fun. Uh, I don't know. I'll throw it out to you all. I, I know what, how I feel about the whole thing, but I like to hear outside voices. <laughs> well, I don't know that we're outside voices because we probably all agree on the same thing, I think. Are you my inside voice, I'm too? your inside voice, <laughs> yes. Don't you recognize me? That explains it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been getting a lot of media attention, though, um, yeah. which I think is great. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard it several times on national news and the radio and on NPR. So yeah. it's nice that, you know, it's not something that's just getting swept under the rug. And it seems to be an issue that's important to people. Right. Mm-hmm. I found it a little confusing that, you know, Trump has his representative going in and saying, oh, it's just people with gender dysphoria. But that doesn't make any sense because most trans people, all trans people, I would assu- like, I, I don't want to make assumptions, but many peop- trans people have gender dysphoria. And that's like, I, I guess that's what they were saying. But... That whole part just kind of is is confusing to me. It just seems like they're kind of trying to backpedal, but they don't have anything to go on. Mm -hmm. And so and meanwhile, you know, the transgender service members are are out there and um, the doctor that attended that um, was a veteran also. And they were like, well, there's no reason. And like um, I think there was a a part of the hearing uh, where um, one of the service members was asked like how long they were um, out of service and were unable to be deployed. And um, they said seven weeks, which is not as much time as it um, takes to heal from like a, sh- a shoulder surgery. Right. So th- right. that argument is also invalid, which I thought yeah. was They don't uh, have important. a good argument here. They don't, yeah. At all. It was a spur of the moment thing that Trump decided. Th- this and doesn't keep anyone from doing their job. No. Yeah. So. Right. Well, is bigotry, does bigotry ever have a, a valid argument? I mean. No. <laughs> and, Not, and no. that's what this is, has always been about, is uh, just, it's that ill-informed um, bigotry that comes from, you know, maybe watching Jerry Springer too much or, uh, um, you know, watching, I don't know, some other Silence of the Lambs movie or mm-hmm. where people just get, 
horrible ideas right. from uh, right. sources around them, and they just don't understand that trans people are uh, just as capable as anybody else of anything. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and it, yeah, and the, as far as <laughs> like saying that it's gender dysphoria, not trans people, is is kind of like saying you know. I, it, we're not saying diabetics can't uh, work here. We're just saying that <laughs> people who are, have been diagnosed with diabetes can't right. work here, you know. And, and that's—I uh, can't say that word on the on the radio. So uh, that's nonsense. That <laughs> um. is nonsense, and that's a great point too, and a great comparison because that's basically exactly what's happening. It's interesting that you brought up Silence of the Lambs to me too, because I do realize how far we've come. It's never far enough. (laughs) But when I look back at that period, all transgender people were considered serial killers. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a very popular thing in the media. It was, I mean, I think starting with Psycho probably back in 1960 and then continuing to Silence of the Lambs years and years later in the early 90s. But that was the representation that you always saw of transgender Mm -hmm. people. Or else, you know, maybe something really sort of fun and campy like Frankenfurter or something in Rocky Horror Picture Show. But it was always this um, either a clown or a killer. Right. Yeah. Or a killer clown. Or or, Yes. Or yes. Or a killer Um, clown. But yeah, I mean, I still I still get people who who. Oh, Cowboy Bill, you know, the Mm -hmm. character. And and I'm I'm aghast at like number one that they'd remember cowboy bell but number two oh, everybody remembers I, Cowboy Bill. I, i've worked very hard to to, to not remember it maybe yeah. it's just me no I'm, I'm with you um but that it's lasted that long that it persists uh mm-hmm. to this to this day yeah yeah so we've got a lot of news i uh have a story here uh from lgbtq nation um In a first-of-its-kind ruling, a federal judge has ruled that the second of two twin boys born to a same-sex couple has the same rights and protections as a U.S. citizen as his brother currently enjoys. The two boys, Aiden and Ethan Voshbanks, were conceived using assisted reproductive technology, ART, with an anonymous egg donor and gestational surrogate in 2016 in Ontario, Canada. Each boy was conceived using sperm from one of the two fathers. Aiden was conceived via Andrew Vosh Banks' sperm, while Ethan's biological father is Elad. Both men are recognized as legal parents to the boys and named on each child's birth certificate. Elad is an Israeli, while Andrew has both American and Canadian citizenship. The couple met in Israel, but moved to Canada in 2010 because the U.S. did not support marriage equality at the time. The pair were married in Canada in August of 2017. Things became tricky for the family when they attempted to move to the United States. While applying for U.S. passports, the couple argued that both sons should be allowed because Andrew is an American citizen. Andrew is also legally recognized as a father for both of the children, regardless of which of the men provided the sperm. The State Department disagreed, telling the couple that they would need to have a DNA test for each boy, showing who was the biological father in order to prove citizenship. Once that was complete, the consulate only provided citizenship for Aiden. The State Department told Andrew that he could either sponsor Ethan as his stepson in order to get his son a green card or attempt to adopt him. The latter would be complicated given that Andrew is already listed on the birth certificate as the boy's father. The couple sued for recognition of their marital status, arguing that they were being discriminated against by not approving citizenship for both of their sons. U.S. US District Judge John F. Walter agreed with the family, saying that the State Department wrongfully denied citizenship to Ethan Dvoshbanks. The court concludes that, um, this is a quote, 
the court concludes that under controlling uh, Ninth Circuit authority, Section 301 does not require a person to, born during their parents' marriage to demonstrate a biological relationship with both of their married parents, said Judge Walter. The couple was overjoyed at the decision. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just is ridiculous at this point that, I mean, both of the names were on the birth certificate. Mm -hmm. How much harder does it have to be, you know? There doesn't need to be any other evidence. No. Why is there a problem, once again? It's just a creative problem. I mean, it's clear discrimination, you know? Clear discrimination. And what are they going to do about it other than, you know, do what they did? And, like, it's it's great that they were able to, um, you know, get justice for the situation but Mm -hmm. you know this happens i bet more than we hear about and it just goes under the radar you know not everyone's gonna report it and have a big story and everything going through all the red tape right tape and everything right might make some people just give up Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. you know but that's ridiculous that they're, they're saying that he would have to adopt his own son right i mean who comes up with this stuff i mean U.S. government. <laughs> <laughs> well, and these are these are just. Dare I ask? You know, we've been dealing with this stuff forever. These right. these little things that these little hurdles that they put in place, these uh, little um, unjustifiable, undefensible uh, um, uh, difficulties that they create, and it's why. What what is the point of it? It's just to to hurt and to cause. Uh, uh, suffering because they can't do it otherwise you know yeah can't yell at us in public anymore for for being you know out and about you can't uh can't in many places you can't fire us or or um well you can actually in indiana you can um (laughs) but uh but there are certain municipalities you can't you know it's becoming ever uh increasingly uh, uh, difficult for them to uh, promote their their hate, mm-hmm. um, and it's not it, stopping them. They from take it where they can. Trying. Oh right, right. Which yeah, it's interesting when you see. Once again, this is a story though that has made a lot of news. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen it mm-hmm. already. So I I think it's interesting that this stuff is really hitting the media now. It's mm-hmm. not just us talking about it. Right. I like that. That that is nice. That the uh, like I, I keep saying, you know, the general public in America has changed their minds and their hearts so much mm-hmm. over the past twenty years, even mm-hmm. um, that it, <laughs> we we are seeing a new culture emerge, and mm-hmm. and we're also watching the backlash from that too. So right, mm-hmm. I think that that's a lot of it. Is we're watching a lot of the backlash. Yeah. Um, so right. to all our straight and allied listeners, thank you so much. Uh, I I really thank you. I I can't be happier about those things. <laughs> it just makes me cry a little. <laughs> uh, let's go to South Dakota. Uh, lawmakers killed their fourth uh, anti-transgender bill in this legislative session, rejecting HB twelve twenty-five in a late evening session. The bill would have required high school athletes to only compete against members of their birth gender. Currently, the participation of transgender students in school sports programs is governed by a policy managed by the South Dakota High School Activities Association, which allows students to participate in sports congruent with their gender. 
HB 1225 deadlocked in committee three, uh, days ago on a 6 to 6 vote and was sent to the House for discussion. The discussion was one of several bills to get discussed in the House on what was known as Crossover Day. This is the day, the final day on the year's legislative calendar for a bill to make it up out of its House of Origins so that it could be taken up by the opposite House. HB 1225 was placed at the very end of the day, pushing the debate and vote well into the evening. One notable part of the discussion was prior to the vote was the inclusion of recent statements made by tennis legend Martina Navratilova, who spoke out against transgender athletes in the column she penned for The Guardian. Said Navratilova, quote, the, to put the argument at its most basic, a man can decide to be female, take hormones if required by whatever sporting organization is concerned, win everything in sight, and perhaps earn a small fortune, and then reverse his decision and go back to making babies if he so desires. Navratilova's statement did not sway lawmakers who opted to stick with the policies of the SDHSAA in governing sports policies in the state. HB 1225 was the second such a such attempt to pass a bill in South Dakota this year to bar transgender athletes. The first was SB 49, which was killed in mid-January in a 5-2 vote. After the failure of SB 49, supporters of the bill filed HB 1225 in a further attempt to bar transgender students from participating. The bill joined two others aimed at transgender people in South Dakota this year. HB 1205 was defeated in a 10-3 vote in early February. That bill would have enhanced the parental rights for parents of transgender youth, giving them the right to refuse consent for any health care treatment for their child that could, quote, induce, confirm, or promote the child's belief that the child's sex or gender identity is different from the child's sex presented at birth, unquote. This would have also included any counseling or psychiatric care. A 7-2 vote also killed HB 1108, which would have barred instructors from discussing gender identity or expression with any students from the kindergarten to the seventh grade. In that bill, the language was so broad that it could have barred any support for transgender students in schools, including attempts to stop the students from being bullied or seeking help from a school counselor. With the defeat of HB 1225, the South Dakota legislature, le legislature has effectively ended its attacks on trans people, at least for 2019. Well, it's, I think it's, a, you know, um, it's a good thing that we, I think the Democrats took, um, you know, local and state government um, took control a lot or more in this past election. And I think that it's really showing. And I think that um, it's at least, we can at least be a little bit hopeful hearing stories like this, you know, right. um, that things will change. Because I think all of these bills probably, you know, were uh, written before the election or, you know, closely after. And, and they're just getting shut down, which is comforting, <laughs> I would say. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, it's very, um, it, it's, it's great that they're being heard, you know, that they're coming up and that they are getting exposure because people aren't able to just hide and slip them through and you know, on some boring old bill, they're they're actually addressing these things that are uh, coming up socially. Um, one of the things that that is frustrating is um, on on this one in particular, and and just in the news when Martina Navratilova said those things uh, that she said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so problematic. 
Um, there yeah. is a large wave of of turf rhetoric, and turf is trans exclusionary radical feminist. Uh, would you say that that's what she is? We had talked well, about the turfs before <clears throat> right. in, uh, on another show, but I I don't know her, so um, I don't know if this is something that she's, you know, it, it's it's part of a broader belief of hers, or if she just kind of heard something about it and uh, latched onto it because it made sense to her, and uh, you know, she's pardon the the phrase old guard. You know, and yeah, um, but the thing is, is I mean, I'm very saddened to hear her say these things for lots of reasons. But one of them is because when I was a kid, she was a heroine of mine. Right. Because, yeah. you know, I didn't think of her as old guard at all. I thought of her as very progressive. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the first out celebrities yeah. and athletes. Mm -hmm. And so, well, it's like with a heavy heart or a sinking heart that I hear of her writing something like that but that was you know that was uh her generations but um, i don't think it's true of everybody from that generation no god no and nothing is so, true of everybody of any right. any group because but, that's why i think you know i, I thought she'd be more progressive because she was certainly but she hasn't uh these views are old and they've been debunked by uh medical evidence for you know, decades, couple now, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, if, if you are, especially for high school students, if you're on hormone blockers and uh, either not on hormones yet because you aren't old enough to, to take them or um, you're, you're on uh, gender confirming hormones, mm -hmm. um, you, you aren't at an advantage just having, you know, uh, a, a Y chromosome if, that's what you're looking at, and that seems to be what everybody's paying attention to. It doesn't necessarily mean that that you know you are physically uh, somehow superior. So uh, the the strength issue or the the whatever. Of course, they're thinking of. Uh, we'll go back to you know movies. John Lithgow and uh, the World According to Garp. Right. You know, a football linebacker. Mm -hmm. in in a dress mm -hmm. and you know of course you don't want that and and then there's also the notion of oh well you can just decide to be and then go back you know right, it, which right. that's what surprises me about yeah. this yeah that doesn't happen she doesn't no. seem very informed that doesn't happen at all it right. has right. never happened and so you know that tells me that her mentality about transgender issues is really stuck back in the 70s and 80s Mm -hmm. Just um, ignorant. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. oh. well, I think we're going to take a music break and uh, we will see you on the other side. I got a lot of love, got 
Welcome back to Blooming Out. That was the Cactus Blossoms with Got a Lot of Love to Give. Sweet song. It I was liked a it. sweet song. <laughs> it was sort of nice to have a little bit of country music. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. what that is? Folky, <laughs> for sure. I liked it. Good job, Lucas. Um, one thing that we do need to talk about because it's very important is uh, our own governor, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb, who plans to draw in public appeal to pass a hate crimes bill. Who would have thought that this would be happening? Uh, Holcomb said in a news conference yesterday he's encouraging Indiana residents to contact their legislators and encourage them to pass a hate crimes bill. The announcement yesterday comes after Holcomb criticized the state's leading hate crimes legislation, Senate Bill 12, after Senate Republicans gutted protections in the bill last week. In a written statement last week, Holcomb wrote, Quote, the version of this bill approved today by the Senate does not get Indiana off the list of states without a bias hate crimes law. We have a long way to go, a lot of work to do, and fortunately, the time yet still to do it. I will continue to fight for the right ultimate outcome for our state and citizens this year, so we're not right back here in the same place next year. Unquote. Indiana is one of five states without a hate crimes bill. Senate Bill 12, which passed out of the state Senate last week, is the leading bill to address hate crimes legislation in Indiana. Last week, Republican senators adjourned from their closed-door caucus and authored an amendment to the bill, stripping it of protected classes such as race, gender, age, religion, and sexual orientation. 
Republicans hold a supermajority in the state legislature, occupying 40 of 50 seats in the Senate in the state Senate. Senate Bill 12 was authored by Lafayette Republican Ron Alting. Alting broke ranks and voted with nine Democrats against advancing his own bill out of the Senate last week after the protections were stripped from the legislation. The bill is now in the State House of Representatives. Governor Holcomb's statement yesterday signals he may be willing to sign the hate crimes bill into law if it passes out of the House. Holcomb told a news conference yesterday that the hate crimes law is long overdue. Before signing the spray painting of Nazi graffiti last summer outside a Carmel synagogue, According to the Associated Press, the first-term Republican governor said he hopes passages of any hate crimes bill would improve Indiana's image and, in turn, increase economic growth. I hope that's not the only reason he's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Holcomb told the AP, this is about now, but also where we're going to be in 5, 10, 15 years. Uh, Senate Bill 12 is sponsored in the House by Terre Haute Republican uh, Greg Stewerwald and co-sponsored by District 32 Republican Tony Cook. It was referred to the House last Friday. Hmm. So this interesting. Is, it is interesting. <laughs> well, what do you think I happened? I don't know. I, I mean, it is a, a good thing, I suppose, that he's supporting it now, but I just... There have got to be other reasons, oh. you know. <laughs> it's it not, doesn't add up to me. It's not a good thing that he's reporting it, or he's supporting it now. It's not. It, no, because this this bill has been stripped of all of its oh right teeth. Right, right, right. Not good that he's supporting the existing one. Yeah. The one okay. That yeah. It was the yeah. The one, one, the one that it was was great. One. It included every you know right. major uh, uh, group of people. It was broad enough for everyone, um, and uh, that mm. was. I think it was that good. that was good, and then they took away. They had an amendment to take away. It's not a hate crimes bill. No, it's right, not a right. hate crimes bill anymore. Mm-hmm. And and they already took away the the um, training for police officers to mm-hmm. uh, recognize and uh, uh, address hate crimes as they occur. So so if they stripped it of race, gender, age, religion, and sexual orientation, what is a hate crime? <laughs> it well, what it does is it opens up to everybody. So if you know uh, the 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 mentality of uh, anti-Christian uh, male, uh, um, straight male uh, uh, bigotry, quote unquote, mm-hmm. from people, you could possibly be accused of of being discriminatory against people who actually hold the power in our society right now. Mm-hmm. So it would be able to be used uh, as a, a bludgeon against marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. The people in power get to decide what's a hate crime. Right. I think mm-hmm. I was confused. That's how it's always been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed to me, I think I was, it seemed like he was um, like backpedaling and supporting a hate crimes bill in general, but yeah, it is specifically this one. And um, yeah, and it's, it's, I mean, if they take away, you know, race, gender, age, religion, sexual orientation, there's nothing else, like we were just saying. Like, right. Well, hopefully it won't, pass through hopefully mm-hmm. um there'll be enough people that are there to kill it and it just seems weird to me that he's saying you know we've got a lot work of lo- a lot of work left to do and fortunately we still have the time to do it we don't we've 
We ran out of time <laughs> a long time ago. Right. You know? I was when I was reading that I almost stopped like what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's telling that the the words that are telling in here is um he wants to Im- improve the image of Indiana. It is about the money. Right. right. Because it it's is about, about the money. Right. Economics. Um, improve Indiana's image and right. in turn increase economic Economics. growth. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's yeah. always how it's, it's right. couched in right. Indiana. Right. Exactly. He's saying, like, you know, we're still on this list of states that doesn't have a hate crime bias law. And, you know, he's only interested in improving the image. He doesn't exactly. care about the people it's affecting. You know, <clears throat> it's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Well, it's time for a community update and a short music break. Lucas, take it away. It's time for our community update. for our community updates. Sorry about that. Looks like on March 1st, we have the 2018 Grow TEDx Talks, and that is at the Inkwell at 105 North College Avenue in Bloomington. We also have, coming up this weekend, we have the Bloomington Writers Guild first Sunday prose reading at Bears Place at 1316 East 3rd Street. That is from 1 until 2.45 p.m. And looking forward into the week, we also have on Thursday, we have Summer Heat with Brother Tiger at the Bishop at the Bishop Bar, 123 South Walnut Street, Bloomington. That's March 7th, Thursday at 9.30. Catch it right after our show. All right, I'm going to throw it back over to Blooming Out. Welcome back. So, welcome, Judy. Uh, what's on your mind this month? I know you had a lot of amazing topics to share with us. Well, good evening, everyone. Sorry I was a little late this evening. I'm glad you could make it. I had to do my duty at the Spencer Pride Shop. Oh. Um, so, first I want to report that we have, uh, we, um, the Royal We, the Irish Youth Group, has been successful in creating a GSA at Owen Valley High School. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Those kids are so great. I'm oh so my proud gosh. of them. Yes, we are so, yeah. so proud of them. They've been very diligent. They jumped mm-hmm. through all the hoops. They yeah. did everything. everything that was asked of them. And um, they did it. 
Oh, that's and great. They would not be pushed away. They've had their first meeting. They, I think they meet monthly, mm-hmm. and um, it looked like there were about 25 kids at Excellent. the meeting. That's 25? See, yeah. that's because there were a bunch. If I remember correctly, yeah. it was about 15. <clears throat> well, in we our youth group, there are anywhere from 15 to 25 okay. kids mm-hmm. each week. Mm-hmm. But this group, they sent us a picture, not for publication, just for us to mm-hmm. see, but there were a big big bunch of kids there so well and your last guest and i'm spacing on her name right now cameron cameron yes uh said that she believed that there would be roughly twice the amount of kids yes. coming mm-hmm. as come to iris so. right right because yeah. some kids can't come to the iris meetings because if they're not out to their parents or their parents aren't supportive they're not going to let them come right. into our space but the kids can stay after school and mm-hmm. the parents are they don't care Right. Or they don't know what they're doing or whatever. But anyway, yeah, it's very exciting. And it's also really important. I mean, the kids created that not because they necessarily needed it, because they had us, Spencer mm-hmm. Pride, and our space. But for those kids who couldn't come to us and, and maybe aren't even coming to the GSA, but they know it's there. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. see these other kids and teachers that are supportive of them and they can just feel better about being in school mm-hmm. so well, yeah. and, and when you see representation you know that that is a great support and just the existence of a gsa in a school yes. has mm-hmm. been shown to <coughs> decrease uh suicide rates even among kids who aren't lgbt so mm. um and it, i don't know the mechanics of that that seems uh kind of magical to me but mm-hmm. it's the yeah. evidence is there yeah. just spreading love i guess yeah you know yeah. creating a more tolerant society mm-hmm. exactly yeah. Yeah. It makes right. sense. Yeah, you know, they have the support and mm-hmm. they feel accepted and not an outsider and all alone. Right. So that's yeah. why these things are so important. Exactly. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kids, the Irish kids are working on their alternative prom. It's all they can talk about. Their yeah. alternative <laughs> prom. Yes, they're doing an alternative prom May 4th. Um, they're having it at a, a venue out west of Spencer oh. that's um, <clears throat> it's called Stable Studios, and they do um, music there on the weekends and mm-hmm. things, and then they have a big music festival in the summer. And so they gave them a big break on the venue, and they've got a DJ and all kind of. Is it pretty much just your typical prom? I mean, you know. I, it appears to me I'm not getting involved, okay, not my don't. thing. <laughs> uh, I just hear them talk about it. We need yeah. money, um, <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. But yeah, okay. they're 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 really excited about it. Well, and the parents good. are like, I was there on Monday night and the kids are in there supposed to be playing in the prom and the parents just kind of go in and out. It's like herding cats in there. <laughs> they're teenagers. <laughs> okay, not my thing. But, yeah, so they're real excited. And they're going to invite, like, they're inviting the PRISM Mm -hmm. uh, group here from Bloomington. Mm -hmm. They're inviting other GSAs from surrounding areas. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, they really expect to have. It might be fun to have a kid on to talk about that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely we will. Because I'd like to know more about that. We will. Who came up with this idea? What's the inspiration? I mean, prom, obviously. But, you know. We'll do this for sure. I I love this idea. Mm -hmm. Well, one one of our youth, um, uh, Gannon, he will be on sometime. I have three kids that will be on the radio. Uh, Wonderful. Because I love the kids that you bring on. They're so so wonderful. We've had Sophie and uh, Cameron, Cameron. and Mm -hmm. Gannon is um, the third one who said, but he had to work tonight, so he couldn't be on. So I said, well, maybe next time. I gave him the date. I'm scheduled to be here, Mm -hmm. uh, barring any 
travel unexpectedly. Um, so he said, okay, he'd see what he could do about his schedule. And he's part of the problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> we had oh, promised our listeners that we'd have Cameron on, but I guess we were wrong. Sorry, listeners. Sorry. Because she's awesome. Sorry. But yeah. It would yeah. be great to have her back on, couldn't, too. Couldn't make it happen today. <laughs> it's so, great so. news that they're able to put on a prom like this, you know, because that's such a big deal for, um, you know, to have a more inclusive space because a lot of proms are very... Very hetero. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. why I love this idea. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fun. Like, I wish I had had a, That's a what gay I was prom thinking. in high school. I was like, I want a gay prom. Yeah. Can I go back? <laughs> it never well, they may happened. be looking for chaperones, oh, really? uh, Justin. Uh, uh, I did go to Bloomington North, so I guess our prom was gay prom. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I went to an arts academy, so ours was too. But, you know, oh, we right. had to have okay. heterosexual dates for some reason. Hmm. hmm. Uh, that's yeah. how it was. Odd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not doing that that's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> anymore. Well, and and I'm re- I'm so happy that the GSA is formed. I I just I oh, have to come mm-hmm. back yes. to that. Yes. So it's I was really so so happy to hear that. Yeah. Really yeah. exciting. So they're they're doing it. Awesome. So. Um, and you had another topic to discuss with us? Yes, today? I do actually. Um, this is not open to the public, but I have to brag about it anyway. <laughs> Spencer Pride is hosting a regional Interpride conference this weekend. And Interpride, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but it's a worldwide pride organization for people that didn't know any such a thing existed. And um, it literally is World Pride, like the conference this October is in Greece. Wow. So it's pride organizations, and it's all about festivals. Is mm-hmm. the is the whole focus of the thing? Uh, pride festivals, and so they're it's broken into regions in the states. So um, we're part of the Midwest region, and of course, Jonathan is a director of the Midwest. He went to one, went to one meeting. He comes out a director. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> so of course you are. <clears throat> so anyway, so we're hosting. We've got um, uh, 70 attendees coming from six states. Wow. So we've got, I don't know all of the states that are coming, but I know we've got Wisconsin. Um, we've got St. Louis, Missouri. We've got Michigan. Um, and, of course, Bloomington Pride, Indy Pride. The, some of the Indiana Prides will be there as well. And um, we're starting tomorrow evening. People will register and then promoting the town we've arranged with the other businesses to stay open late and so we're doing a shop local tour so we're taking the people that show up on friday night around to the other shops so they can do some shopping and stuff and then um saturday is all day workshops and we have so many attendees that we're having half of them in our space and we've rented out a room at the tivoli theater for the other half of the workshop so they'll be going on simultaneously but um yeah so we're giving business to the tivoli theater as well by renting a room and then um saturday afternoon we're having a luncheon in our building and um using a local caterer and then saturday night um the um dang what's the name of it the civilian brewing corps (laughs) (laughs) uh a new um um brewery uh, microbrewery is opening in Spencer next to the Tivoli and they're doing their soft opening for our event and oh. then their grand opening is on Sunday. Wow. So, so you also get to be yeah. their guinea pigs. 
Yes, yeah. and we're so nice. excited <laughs> about that. Um, so I, I tell this little offshoot story. So I went to get my hair done today, and I was talking to the, my hairdresser about it. And she said, oh, so you're the private party. I said, what? She said, yeah, she was doing the, one of the employees here earlier that day and they were talking about so Saturday night they have a private party she said I just thought it was the movers and shakers important people and Spencer I said yes yes <laughs> Judy up Spencer pride right our people yeah and and the the shining jewel on the square there Yes, so, yes, know. exactly. And then so and the people that are coming in from out of state are staying at McCormick's Creek. Yeah. Um, Canyon Inn. So giving them the business and then Sunday morning we're having a brunch there and our keynote speaker is JD Ford, the oh, first yay. openly gay Indiana legislator. Yes. So we we're just well. yeah. We know him very well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to make sure all right, the listeners right. know. Yeah. yeah. That, that's amazing. So, yeah, we're just, we're really, really excited. So the workshops will be things like how to safety at festivals, how to be more inclusive of um, um, mobility issues with people. Right. um, All kind of different. We can get into the the nuts and bolts of that in just a second and talk a little bit more about it. But it's time for us to take our last music break. Uh, Please don't skip out on us. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Blooming Out. That was uh, Easy Way by Cactus Blossoms. We're here with Judy Epp, and we're going to talk more about Spencer Pride, I think. Hi, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we're um, real excited about the conference. Like I said, it's... um, it's a huge deal for us and will be a huge deal for the town and a moneymaker for the town. And um, that's really important. And the timing on this couldn't be better because I'm going to the commissioners Monday morning to get the courthouse lawn reserved for the festival this year. <clears throat> Usually I go much Yay. earlier. I go like in January because I want to make sure nobody else messes up Why are up you going so late this year? Well, it, <laughs> it just things happened mm-hmm. and I couldn't get there. And then I was going to go and the uh, one of the commissioners who got elected died. Oh. Mm. And we knew I'm he had cancer going in mm-hmm. and apparently was a really, really nice guy. I didn't know him at all, but was a really nice guy, but he died. So there were two commissioners. I didn't want to go to those two commissioners because one of them is um, vehemently opposed to us and the other one followed the lead of the person who was our champion who's not in office anymore and so if I went and it was a tie yes and no that means no right so I didn't want to take that chance so there has been um, replacement has been appointed so now we're back to three commissioners so I'm ready to go yeah and um, and like I said, this is good timing because we're bringing a lot of business to town with mm-hmm. the shop local yeah. and the brewery and the uh, McCormick's Creek mm-hmm. and and all the money we're bringing to town this weekend. And we were on the front page of the local paper yesterday about the conference and all the people that will be there and be nice to the new out-of-towners and stuff like that. So... Um, so I'm going to have the newspaper with me when I go to the commissioners. Um, <laughs> the story on the front You're page. You're a superstar. And um, so I'm going in and and expecting pushback about the restroom issue, which I will reiterate briefly. We put a sign up saying during the festival, use the restroom with which you identify. Mm-hmm. And... Um, um, there was a brouhaha about that. <clears throat> but the only people that I can tell have complained are the woman who was cleaning the restrooms, which we've already mm. told the maintenance person for the building we do not want her. Right. She and, complained? Oh, yes. She's the one that started this. And she's been cleaning this restroom, and we've been paying her for 12 years. Wow. So, um, um, but so far, as far as I can tell, she and this one commissioner are the only people complaining about it. So um, so when I go in this time and this person complains, which I'm expecting to happen, um, the first thing I'm going to ask is, what exactly is your issue with it? Because mm-hmm. I want him to say clearly what his issue is. Mm-hmm. Because, as usual, I have ACLU on speed dial. Right. right. And they know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're waiting to hear from me. And so well, I have that, so I want to know exactly what his issue is. And also, I noticed, I never pay too much attention to this stuff, but in the form that you fill out, it clearly says that the county is not um, um, sanctioning things that are going on, events. It's, this, is your <laughs> this is your thing. The, the county hasn't sanctioned it, and they're not responsible. Right. So I'm going to bring that up. 
Mm-hmm. Why are you worried about it? It's our festival. Mm-hmm. And um, his issue, as I understand it, is like a lot of people that are just uneducated about things, thinks that some straight man is going to dress like a woman and go into the women's restroom and molest a woman. Right. In the middle of the day during a pride Which festival so with 3,000 people on the courthouse <laughs> right, right. right. That's the time and day and place I would pick if I was going to do that. Right. <laughs> right. So oh. <clears throat> so we'll have, I expect to have that conversation. And um, so. Because that happens. Because yeah, that, that happens. A, yeah. uh, that yeah. happens. Yeah. Never. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, when has it ever happened? Well, and that's going to be my question. So yeah. what are you basing this on? I, I mean, mean, I'm all logic here. There, yeah. there have been there, – there were a couple of uh, news reports last year especially uh, showing that uh, of all the municipalities that had uh, opened up bathrooms and, and allowed for uh, gender identity to mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, be respected in bathroom use – uh, none of those places had uh, filed reports about it being a problem. Right. And this was, you know, people who are, you know, law, f- law, uh, uh, the chiefs, chiefs of police and, and mm-hmm. you know, the head of the town, or whatever yeah, uh, right. officials who were reporting this. It, it's not something that it doesn't that happens. happen. Yeah. No. I've never heard a factual story of this happening. No. And again... If it was going to happen, do you think it would happen in the middle of a Saturday with 3,000 people on the courthouse lawn in a public bathroom? Right. Right. Really? No. So so my backup plan, though, is the town is very welcoming to it. The town council Mm -hmm. is very welcoming. And, in fact, I ran into um, one of them uh, this morning, and he was rah rah on us for bringing the people to town and spending money. And blah, blah, blah. I said, "Yeah, would you talk to the commissioners for me, please?" Mm-hmm. And but my backup plan is I'm going to the town council that evening, Monday evening, and we always we just we have to go to them to get the streets closed. The courthouse lawn is the county, mm-hmm. and the streets are the city. So the town, <clears throat> we're not a city, we're a town. So I go to the town council to get a street closed. And last year they asked me, you only want one street. I said, so far, we're good. <laughs> so um, so this year, if I have to um, push back to the commissioners because they turn us down, when I go to the town, close every street <laughs> around the square because we're having that festival. Oh, yeah. On the square. You yeah. are so awesome. On the lawn, <laughs> in the street. <laughs> right. We're having it. We're not moving. It's smart. Awesome. So, and, we'll see. and you, Spencer, is a city in my heart. So, yeah, you can call yourselves that. Yeah, okay. It's Thank a city you. in your heart? It, well, we're not really a city. We have no mayor. <laughs> right. We're a town. Oh. Um, yeah. You for so, mayor. It's a. Yes. What? Judy for mayor. Judy for mayor. I think that we talked about that before. We don't get a mayor. We're not a city. (laughs) That's why we have commissioners for the county and town council for the town. Judy for commissioner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 A very qualified woman ran for commissioner and didn't win this year. So maybe next year. Do you know anything about that? The new commissioner? Or is that... uh, 
uh, nothing. Nobody knows anything about him. And he was appointed and sat in for a, a time last year uh, when there was a, a gap. And uh, But I try not to pay attention because there's so much... I talk about drama. It's like kindergarten drama. <laughs> and, I mean, it's all in the news. People are disgusted. Why can't they get along? Why can't they get anything done? But anyway, so um, so I don't know anything about him, but I was told this morning that he is conservative. Well, yeah. duh. Um, he's from around there, and he's a Republican. They all are conservative. They're not all mean. Yeah. But, yeah. So We'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and a week from Saturday, I'm getting married. Oh, Yay! congratulations. congratulations. Well, you've come w- to us with some great news today. First about the GSA, and now you're getting married. And so, the conference. And, and the, the conference. conference and so huge. it's always really nice to have some good news. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> negative news stories, so it's nice to talk no about some of those. kidding. Else. Yes, I'm happy to be your good news person. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, please come, come often and bring your friends and... Uh, uh, we okay. love speaking with them too. They're so, you know, at ease on the on I know. the radio. They really are. Right? They're just naturals. They're Both Cameron so and young, Sophie were just like, they, yeah, it's like they've been this. born into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So yeah. we would love to have them back yeah. on too. Okay, we'll do it. Fantastic. Yeah. We'll see you uh, coming up in next month. Then, right, March fourteenth. I'm on the calendar. Fantastic. Okay, great. And wait, what's the date of? Well, we're not going to crash your wedding. You said a week from the Saturday. Wake right? from Saturday. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, thank Have you. a great time. Thank you. Oh, we are out of time. It's been a great show. Thank you, uh, Judy, for talking with us today. Thanks also to our listeners and the volunteers at WFHB that make this show possible. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Justin Robertson, and Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Pressloff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fitch- Fisher is our engineer. Our vo- volunteer staff member is Ireland Meacham, who's our rising star. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson, and I did not give both of you two a chance to say goodnight, so take it away. I'm Judy Epp. Good night. And I am not Frankie Pressloff. <laughs> I am Melanie Davis, and remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from our Blooming Out family. You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is bloomingout at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening. Well, how could I mind it? And what about being queer? Well, really-